we need you every hour. So many times we think we only need you when we got a problem. But Lord, it's even in, in the good times, we still need you. Or we need you to be there to guide us, to take care of us, to watch over us, to show us the things you want us to do. Lord, help us not to just need you in the hard times. But Lord, help us to need you every hour of every day. Lord, we just thank you for being with us. Thank you for watching over us, for taking care of us, for loving us, for providing for us. Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's good to have Lincoln and Ashley with us today. Um, they're going to tell you about their ministry on campus at Bowling Green State University. Um, it always gives me hope. I should give us all hope to know that there are Christians other than just them, but there are Christians all over the campuses sharing God's love with people there. And one of the things I think as you listen to them today is, you know, they're doing a ministry on the campus. And I think in a lot of ways, it, it's a part of what all of us should be doing wherever we're at, you know, that uh, we all have responsibility to share. They happen to be at the university on campus and being used there. So Lincoln and Ashley, come on up and uh, I'll let you share. This one live here. Uh, good morning, New Hope. Yeah, thank you. I like the response. That makes me feel good uh, that I wasn't talking to nobody. But yeah, well, Ashley and I are glad to be here on this windy morning. Um, I'm Lincoln. Uh, I work with Campus Outreach, as Pastor Ron was saying, and this is my wife, Ashley. Uh, she does the same thing. Um, and I know a lot of you probably know my face a little bit, have kind of heard from me. So I'm going to kind of actually hand the mic over to my wife, and she's going to share a little bit just about her life, who she is, um, but also why we do what we do, how we kind of got here. So here she is. Yeah, so I'm Ashley, and I guess before becoming Ashley Peters, I was known as Ashley Smith, so still pretty original <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> but also, I'm a little bit under the weather, so I don't always sound like I'm breathing out of my nose, but... Um, anyways, so I'm actually from a city called Portage in Indiana, so I am not a Ohio native. This is my first time actually even in Wayne, Ohio, so I haven't ma made it out this far um, yet, but I reside in Bowling Green, Ohio. So I guess a little bit about me. Um, so I grew up in a single-parent home, so my mom was a single parent of three, and my dad was in jail for most of my life. So at that point in time, um, my grandparents, who are my dad's parents, kind of helped help my mom raise us um, a lot, and they were heavily involved in the church. And so it was a, we're going to church every Wednesday night, we're going to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, we're being involved in kids' church, we're praying before meals, prayers before bed, and kind of my grandparents just always instilled, like, be the best person that you could be, whether that be just as Ashley, or doing unto other people as well. Um, so I kind of grew up just hearing a lot of Jesus, going to the cross, all of that. So in fifth grade, I would have said that I became a Christian based on the prayer that I said. Um, so I would have said, I asked Jesus to come into my heart um, and save me. I asked forgiveness, and that was kind of the end. Um, of that sense, so I had a lot of head knowledge about who Jesus was, what he came to do, 
Um, but it never really transformed the way that I lived. It never kind of affected my heart or had any impact on my day-to-day life, but I kind of just viewed God as a, I believe that you're there, but I don't really know what that means for me right now. I don't really know um, what that looks like um, in my day-to-day life um, in that sense. Um, And so kind of going through high school and getting to college, I went to college five hours from home, so basically as far away in Indiana as you can get without paying out-of-state tuition. So basically, if I just walked this way, I would be in Kentucky. Um, so I went to University of Southern Indiana, um, and it was there that there was this organization called Campus Outreach. So at this point, I went to play soccer there, but I tore my meniscus my first year. So it was kind of like everything that I'd worked hard for leading up to that point was just taken from underneath me so at that point it's like I poured all of my life into this sport but now it's no longer there so what else is there in the world so it was like okay relationships is out there grades are out there in college um getting affirmation from my teachers my friends um parties was out there everything that I could grasp I was reaching for Um, And it wasn't until my sophomore year of college that I ran into actually an old teammate that was still on campus, and I was like, what are you still doing here? Like, you're graduated. Like, why are you here? Um, And then she began to tell me that she worked on staff with a ministry called Campus Outreach, and she invited me to one of their weekly meetings, and I was like isn't that kind of like we're in college like I remember youth group when I was younger but I'm older now like I'm past that stage um but then she was like we're doing a giveaway as well all this stuff so I was like when you're in college you want free stuff I wanted free money at the time I wanted free food at the time as well um and I also wanted to meet people I still wanted this reputation as I grew up in church um I know all these things of course like I'll go to this Christian event um And I remember sitting there and thinking and listening to um, a guy that was just speaking and sharing the gospel to um, college students. And I was sitting there not really listening. I remember thinking, like, I've already heard all this stuff before growing up. There's really no more information that I haven't already heard about Jesus. Um, But I remember just being challenged um, outside of that meeting as a woman met with me and just challenged me to open my Bible. Um, And that was something that I'd never done before, even though I'd claimed to be a Christian my whole life. Um, And and I realized that if you went back, if anyone went back to my friends or my teammates and they said, hey, like, is Ashley a Christian? They would probably say, I've never heard Ashley even say the name of Jesus before. And if she is in church on Sunday, she's probably still just not coherent, whether that be from alcohol the night before, that Saturday, or whatever in that realm. Um, But she continued to pursue me, and at that time, my view of God was, again, I believe that there's a God, but what does that mean for someone like me, Um, for someone who comes from a single-parent home, comes from brokenness, comes from even just looking at the world, and when I heard that God is a God of love, that was a foreign word to me. 
Um, when I looked at the world, I didn't see love. When I looked at my family, I didn't see it a ton. Um, and so I resented God for that. Um, I wanted at that point not really a whole lot to do with him. But when I saw this woman's life, who barely knew me, and I wasn't necessarily the nicest person, even though I strove to be that, I saw a glimpse of God's love for people um, through her life. Um, And as I continued meeting with her, I really did see that what my heart and what my soul was longing for was for rest. And I'd search for rest in so many other things outside of God, and it'd come up empty. And so there's a verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight that says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so that's what the Lord was calling for me, was to, even as we sang, um, Sir, I surrender all, like that he was calling me to surrender all of these things that I'd wanted to hold on to, to him, and essentially surrender my life to him because I'd tried to be the Lord of my life, and I was a crummy God. So that I'd viewed him as Savior, but I'd never viewed him as Lord. And he must be both, or he's neither. And so it was like, for me, Jesus had to be Lord of my life, to call the shots, to rule over everything that I did. I did. And since then, I feel like it's been a, a gradual, every day, I don't wake up saying, man, it's yours, Lord, but it's a every day I have to fight to continue to surrender and to open my hand and to open my plans to what the Lord would have for me. Um, And that led me to Bowling Green, Ohio. I'd never even heard of Bowling Green, Ohio before. Um, I'd heard of Bowling Green, Kentucky, and that kind of led me to, I guess, Lincoln. So we'd met when I was in college. So I think it may have been my junior year of college at like some conferences that Campus Outreach had. Um, But So crazy thing is that woman, Lindsay, who shared the gospel with me my sophomore year of college, she ended up getting married during my time in college and moving to Bowling Green, Ohio. And she got married to this guy named Casey. And at that point in time, um, when I was graduating and kind of, I'd planned on going to dental school. I'd had all of my plans for my life just made out for me. And she called me and she said, Ashley, would you consider coming to Bowling Green, Ohio, and going on staff with Campus Outreach at Bowling Green State University? At that point in time, it had only been on the campus for four years, and so she's like, would you consider coming to help us pioneer and share the gospel with college students? And I said, if I weren't a Christian, I would say no right now, but since I am, I guess I at least have to say I'll pray about it. Um, so I did that, and I came to, ended up in Bowling Green, Ohio, and the guy that she ended up getting married to, Casey, is the same guy Lincoln met his freshman year, their very first year on staff with Campus Outreach, and Casey shared the gospel with Lincoln his freshman year at the same time while Lindsay, my sophomore year, was sharing the gospel with me. So we essentially were led to Christ by a married couple. Um, that had a vision for not just sharing their lives with college students, but sharing their lives with everyone around them, whether that be their friends um, or their family um, or college students like us that kind of at that point thought that we had it all together, that we knew all the answers, um, but we didn't. So that is, I guess, a little bit about just how the Lord has 
worked in both of us now as a married couple, and Casey and Lindsay are still um, working on staff with Campus Outreach. They have two children um, and are doing the same things, and what a joy it is to go to the campus and share our lives with people um, in the same ways that they share their lives with us in hopes that we would not only hear the gospel, but that we would it would impact our lives and it would transform us. Um, not just now, but in the years to come, um, in our marriage, and maybe one day having kids. And we aren't going to stay on campus forever, but past um, past college as well. So, yeah, you can have a breath. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're not done speaking though, so make sure you get it. Uh, so now y'all see why I married her, right? What a what a girl. Um, but yeah, she stole my surrender, my surrender story. I was going to use the same line. Uh, but I, I'm going to share a little bit about kind of what campus outreach is. And she, she shared kind of how it changed her life. But we're going to share a little bit kind of what it looks like day to day. Um, and really, one of our main visions in what we do is to see kind of a story of like what happened in Ashley's life um, happen. It doesn't happen the same for everyone. Um, but in a little bit, in kind of similar ways, those same things can happen in different people's lives. Uh, So our main goal as staff people is to help people become laborers by the time they graduate, and sometimes it doesn't happen until after they graduate. And when I use the term laborer, what I mean is someone that follows Christ after college and continues to share their faith with the people that are around around them, um, that they might also follow Christ. Uh, So that takes a little bit more than just being a Christian and follow Christ, following Christ by yourself, right? Because it's easy to do that and never share. Ashley told, told you, she's like, I, I would have never said the name Jesus in my life, but that's not our goal. Our goal is that we would equip the students that we come into contact with that they eventually are able to share, and they're not scared to say the name Jesus, uh, but they'd want their friends to know about him as well. Uh, so that happens in a lot of different ways, uh, but the first thing we really have to do is we have to meet a lot of people. Um, so I would say every staff person has at least about 50 friends that they're close with. They can, If they see, they're going to go and be able to have a conversation with. And by doing that, you have to spend a lot of time meeting people. So I spend a lot of my time in the union, um, a lot of my time uh, at the basketball courts, in the dorms, just going up, introducing myself. If I can get into spiritual conversation and talk about Jesus, I will. But sometimes it takes a little bit of time to earn their trust that they might listen to you. Um, So that's one thing. You just have to meet a lot of people and become friends with a lot of people. And after that, we try to put people in like a Bible study. So maybe we'd shared our faith with them one time, shared what God had done in our life one time. Uh, Then we're like, let's see if we can put them in a Bible study. And between Ashley and I, we'd say we have well over 30 people in Bible studies that we're constantly, week by week, sharing uh, the gospel of Jesus with, that they might eventually, uh, what she said, surrender. They might might surrender their lives, all of their lives, not just part of it, um, to him, and be changed, that one day they might be a laborer. Um, And on top of that, after the Bible studies, we try to disciple people. Um, And discipling takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, uh, basically, it's you're saying, I want to give my life to this person, um, that they might eventually become that laborer, um, and they might want to share their faith uh, and continue following God for the rest of their lives. So to disciple someone, you're saying, I'm going to take multiple hours a week, and I'm going to spend with you. Maybe we're going to go and share our faith together. Maybe we're going to um, just read this book and talk about how it might... Uh, 
it might change your life to know Jesus better. So maybe it's how to read God's word, right? How to take it and read it within his context and let it change you. Maybe it's how, again, to share your faith. Maybe it's how to pray, what it looks like to have a good prayer life that you might follow God for the rest of your life. Um, so those are some of the main things. Um, and those discipleship groups, Ash and I also have a few people apiece that we say these are our kind of inner circle, just like Jesus had. He had 12 disciples and three kind of even more inner. We each have a few people that we're discipling that they might continue uh, to grow and, and share their faith in college and beyond. Um, and Ashley actually has a story of some of these people that she would say, maybe some friends, but also some people that are just really close in that discipling process, process that she'd like to share. So yeah, kind of a look of what's happened on campus this year. Um, so we just, the most recent thing that we had over our Christmas break is a New Year's conference that we put on every year from December 28th until January 1st. Um, and at this point in time, one of the girls that I met named Kaylee, she I met her last year actually, so this even shows a little bit of what Lincoln was talking about as it just takes sometimes a while. <laughs> Um, in that sense, for me, it took years um, in that sense. But I met Kaylee through a guy named Mike that Lincoln actually is discipling, and he'd become a Christian last year, um, but was dating a girl, um, that, and they'd been dating for a while, but Kaylee was not yet a Christian. Um, and so this year, continuing to invest in her, Kaylee attended a New Year's conference, um, and it was there that um, she actually heard the gospel for what it was, that um, she really could live a life in Jesus, that she really could have this freedom and this hope um, that was unwavering, um, which is something that she'd never really heard before, that she w- kind of before that conference thought, like, if there's enough works that I can do for God, surely he'll accept me. If there's enough good things that I could do, surely it will be be enough. But then she got to the question, well, what is good or what is good enough? If I asked you what is good, you may have a response. But if I ask someone else what is good to you, you may have a different response. But if we go to God the Father and we say what is good, he would say perfection. And when we look at Romans 3.23 that says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we have to look at ourselves and see we are not good. Why? Because we've fallen short of what God has called for in our lives, which is perfection. But we have the hope of eternal life through Jesus, that he came and lived a perfect life that we couldn't live and died the death that we deserve. Um, and so since then, her professing faith in Christ, it has been now a getting back to the campus and saying, now what? <laughs> What does that look like? What do I do next? Um, in that sense, so it's just been every week, hey, let's meet and let's just read God's word together in hopes that not just my words would be kind of fillers, but that you would be transformed by God's word, that you would know how to live your life because you know his word and you know him. So that's been an encouraging story um, just for me and even to get to walk with Kaylee Um, And another girl named Amber has professed faith um, in Christ just this semester as well. And so it's cool um, just that you see now college students wanting to just know God. (laughs) 
um, and wanting to be transformed by him, not just while they're in college, but wanting to learn how do I continue to walk with God for the rest of my life. Um, so that's story for me. Yeah, and then another story just about what it might look like to take a lot of time with someone. I remember these two guys, the name was Colton and Dylan. They both went to Sylvania Northview, if you're familiar with the Toledo area. Uh, and I met them at the rec center. We were playing basketball. And, you know, honestly, I was playing pretty good, so that's probably why they listened to me because they were like, this guy's he's a pretty good player. I'm not usually that good, but I was hitting some shots. But anyways, afterwards, we, uh, we had both ended up off the courts because we had lost a game. Uh, and when I go to the rec center to play basketball, I generally want to make sure that I try to at least share my faith or at least give it the old college try, try my hardest. If they don't listen to me, then whatever. But I'm going to try my best to share my faith whenever I go. And these guys, I was like, you know what, let me, let me share with them. So we were sitting there, and I asked them, do you all have any spiritual interest? Did you grow up going to church or anything? And both of them kind of shut me down pretty quick. Uh, they were like, yeah, no, not really interested. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, yeah, so I, I just powered through. I said, let me, let me continue talking with these people. Um, maybe I can build a friendship, and they'll be able to listen further on. So we kept talking about nonsense, sports, whatever you want to talk, things that don't really matter all that much when you think about eternity. Uh, and we kept talking and talking. Eventually I got their numbers and I said, do you, if you guys want to play basketball again, I'll, I'll give you a ring when I'm coming up here. And they said, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because again, I was playing pretty well. And they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll play basketball with this guy at least. So we play basketball a couple more times. And I figure, you know what, I'm going to give it another shot. It seems like they like me. Maybe they'll listen to me this time. So I said, hey, you know what? We have this weekly meeting called 858, and at this weekly meeting, we share the gospel each time, um, but it's generally a culturalized, uh, I butchered that one, but uh, it's just generally a, a sermon that kind of relates to the college culture a lot. So one of the things we'll do, and we did at this point in time, was we took a popular culture song that all the college students were listening to at the time, breaking down what the artist was trying to say, and also what the Bible has to say about the same thing and kind of uh, comparing the two and contrasting um, the difference between the two messages. So I invited them out, and believe it or not, they actually came out. Um, I'm surprised Dylan did because he would say he's an atheist, doesn't really care about these things. But he liked me enough that they both came out. And while Dylan afterwards said, yeah, I don't think I'll probably come back again because he was pretty, pretty uncomfortable, uh, Colton... I, I drove him back to his dorm, and we were just talking about the, ser the sermon a little bit, and he was like, you know, I, I feel like I don't really know. I did grow up going to church. I kind of lied to you because I didn't know what to say the first time, but I just don't really know what it's like to follow Christ. Like, I kind of went up nominally going to church, like Ashley was saying, and not really letting it affect anything. So maybe we could meet once a week and just kind of talk about uh, what it looks like to follow Christ. And that that's how a Bible study started with Colton. And I don't think he's quite, he quite understands yet. I don't think he's quite a Christian. Um, but he's been bringing Dylan. Dylan will actually come to these same Bible studies, this guy that is kind of a little bit hostile towards the gospel. He'll come and ask these questions. And a lot of times I'll be able to shut him down. So that's kind of cool. And a lot of his answers, a lot of his answers are getting a lot of his questions are getting answered just by showing up to the same Bible study. That And Colton really is starting to change. I've, I'm really praying and believing that he'll come to know Jesus uh, by the end of our time, um, at least by the time he graduates. So that's one of the cool stories, two of the closer friends that I've been able to uh, make and, and share with. Uh, 
But you know, I, I kind of wanted to end our time speaking uh, about kind of the discipleship people that we're, we're uh, with and we're discipling. This semester, we've taken time and been going through Philippians um, and studying it pretty in depth with these few students that we're investing in uh, deeply. And one of the, the, the cool thing about Philippians is it really is about partnership. It's about partnership with the church of, in Philippi with Paul. So the whole reason he writes this is Paul's in, in jail, and the church in Philippians, or in Philippi, brings this big old bag of money to Paul um, just so that he can basically be able to make it through in, in prison um, and, and do whatever he needs to do. Um, and he's writing this basically as a thank you, as a, I praise God for you guys. I, I praise God that the church in Philippi has been faithful and has continued through in their partnership with me in sharing the gospel by themselves, but also financially. Um, and it makes me think of this church. So Ashley and I are thankful for y'all. We're thankful to have you. Um, and as we go through kind of this season of continuing to raise some support, some support to be healthy, um, we ask that some of y'all, if you're interested in what we do, would consider speaking with us afterwards. We could te- We could talk for much longer than five, ten minutes about uh, what we do. We really love it. We have a heart for it. Um, we'd love to talk with you some with some of you afterwards. So thank you for your time. Um, Ashley and I are blessed to, to be here. Come and hug me. Um, uh, and we'll welcome up Pastor Ron. So thanks. You know, as they were, as they were sharing, I, I thought about a scripture. I knew that there was a scripture that said that God multiplied the people. Well, in, in Acts, uh, the sixth chapter, the seventh verse, it says, Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And I was thinking about multiplication. And I think sometimes in the church, we, we don't really always understand that, or we don't always think about what it takes in the kingdom of God, every generation has to multiply. Every generation has to multiply. It doesn't just keep going on, but it has to continually multiply. And that takes people sharing one-on-one. You know, and it takes us sharing. You know, I don't have access to the campus at Bowling Green. You know, um, they do. And we support them in that. But each of us have access to somebody. You know, they said they have 30 friends. Now, they're talking about 30 friends that they share with. You know, it's, it's 30 people that they contact or talk to. Well, all of us have somebody. All of us have some friends. And you might say, well, I don't have any friends. Well, think about this. They went to a campus, and they just started finding friends. So if you don't have friends, you can always find friends. You can always find somebody to spend a little time with. And, and I think if you listen to what they do, they, they open a door and they talk to people, they befriend them, they spend time with them, and then they see if God would open a door that they can share. You know, they share and then they see where that goes and, and they keep, you know, like Lincoln said, well, I didn't think they would go. I didn't think he'd keep, but he keeps coming. You never know. You never know. But, you know, we all have somebody. We all have, you know, one or two. Some of us may have a whole group. Now, let me say this. 
maybe social media counts. I, mean, I don't say it don't count. But because you have 400 friends on social media, that's not really what we're talking about. I think we're talking about people who you sit down with and can actually talk to. Now, it could be on social media. I'm not saying that. But it's somebody you actually can put into their life that you have a contact with, that you can, you can share with. And I think it's important for us all to, to think about that and pray. Well, Lord, who can I share with? Who can I share with? Who is it that I could, you know, put into their life and, and make an effort to talk to them and, and just see what happens? Just see what happens and then take opportunity to share where you have that opportunity. So I hope, you know, as you listen to them, that you're encouraged to to think about how that can apply to us, how that applies to us. And if you'd like to know more about them and support them, why, you know, please come up and talk to them. Um, I've been sharing about prayer. I'm not going to talk about prayer today other than this. I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to probably do two, three weeks, I'm not sure yet, uh, about prayer. But here's what I want you to do. Now, if you would like to, and I'm encouraging you to, but you don't have to, I want you to journal for the next two, three weeks. Now, maybe you've never done it before. It's not a big deal. Get a piece of paper and just write some things. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray, but it's not so much I want you to pray, but I want you to listen. Okay? I'm looking for you listening to what God is saying to you. And I want you to write down things you think God is saying to you. Okay? And it might, you know, whatever it might be, it might be personal. From my perspective, you know, personal things are good. I want to hear what God's saying to you about the church, our church. You know, and I was thinking about this prayer and I was thinking about, oh, wow. You know, maybe we ought to just take a little time and see what God's saying to us. He might, and I don't know what he's saying to you. You know, I'm not going to preface that with anything. Um, but I want you to just think about it. As you pray, Lord, you know, what about New Hope? You know, what would the Lord want us to do? I think the, the paper's wide open. It's, it's a blank sheet as far as I'm concerned. You know, but what would he want us to do? And, you know, I, I, I could be all kinds of things. But what I'm looking for is, I'm looking for maybe, I'm not looking for a majority, but I'm looking for maybe in the midst of that, finding some things we think God would want us to do. Now, don't put in there, what well, I would rather you didn't put in there. Well, I always wanted to have a softball team, so I think the Lord's telling us to play softball. You know, now I don't know that God's telling you that if you think, well, I always like playing softball. I'm not against playing softball. I'm not playing, but I'm not against it. But, but my point is, you know, don't go, well, I always wanted to do this, so this will give me a chance to write to Pastor Ron and tell him, hey, we ought to do this because I like this. Now, I'm, I want you to really think about and try to say, wow, what's the Lord saying to us, okay? So I just want to use this as an opportunity to, to just listen, and I, it should be personal. And what at the end, I want to collect them, okay? Your personal things, if you want to keep them personal, that's fine. You know, I don't, you can keep them yourself. But I would like to hear the things you think maybe God's, you know, saying to us, so. Um, so we're going to do that. Like I say, I'm going to be um, sharing about it next week. I'm going to talk about how to pray, you know, in different ways that we should pray, mainly along the lines we pray in faith. We pray in faith. We pray thankfully, you know, just different. How do we pray? How do we do that? So so I just encourage you to just, uh, you know, take a little time. You know, I don't care the amount. You know, you can pray five minutes, you know, listen five Hear what you think God's saying. Maybe in the maybe during the day, He might speak to you through somebody else. You might hear something. Like, wow, 
that might just touch your heart. Maybe then it'll kind of keep working on you. I don't, I don't know how it'll happen for you, but, but just, just do that. Just encourage you to do that. Um, I shared in Sunday school, I'm going to close with this thought. Um, Pastor Allen, who used to be at Dayspring, he put some things on Facebook and they're always pretty good. He said, you know, if you go to church and you say, wow, worship was okay. Well, I didn't really like it. Well, worship, I don't know. I didn't get nothing out of it. Or worship seemed kind of long. He says, he's that, that's all those questions are fine if you're the one that's being worshiped. Think about that. It's not our place to decide. You know, just in general, sometimes, you know, we come to church, we think, wow, maybe it wasn't what I thought or maybe it wasn't the way I wanted it. Well, you know what? You're not the one being worshiped. So you can't ask those questions. We worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He can ask those questions. How was worship? How was your heart? What did you get out of it? But, you know, it's not our place because we aren't the ones being worshipped. We're the ones who worship him. So I just, I thought it was such a, such a good thing to think about that so many times I think we come and we think, wow, you know, what did I get out of it? And not that we shouldn't get something out of it. But, you know, we come to worship him. And it's about him. So he can ask those questions, but, you know, it's not up to me to critique and decide how I thought worship was, whether I liked it or not, because I'm not the one being worshipped. So just something to think about. Let's all stand. If you'd like prayer this morning, I encourage you to come up and let Tom and Pram, Tom and Pam pray for you after the service. Uh, they'll be right up front if you'd like to come up for prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time together. Lord, just help us, encourage us to be faithful witnesses for you. Lord, help us to share your message with those around us. Lord, help us to look for opportunities. Lord, we wouldn't be complacent, but Lord, we would actually look for people. As we listen to Lincoln and Ashley share, Lord, they're, they're looking for somebody to share with. So Lord, give us that same desire to share your word wherever we have opportunity. Lord, we thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for your presence with us. Lord, just watch over us the rest of the day. Just keep everyone safe. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.